With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 326 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 326. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review, multiples thereof, are very different in each of their functionalities, but as you'll see by our discussion and technique this week, interrelated as to their value proposition. The first tool I'd like to hit is quite functionally a means of keeping track of things, and that is tabsfolders.com. Now, tabsfolders.com is neat in the sense that it allows you to, we all have our bookmark functions in our browsers, let's be honest. We have our things that we like to keep track of. We, in, you know, put it, depending upon the um, platform, whether it's Chrome or Safari or Firefox, we have a little the holder that says, here, keep track of this website so that I don't lose it. I want to come back for whatever it is. And you, you save it and you, put, and you put folder names on it and so forth. So now translate that into the business world. And you have a, a, a team member and you have these functional bookmarks that you have, these tabs that you go to all the time. And now it's a matter of, oh, OK, great. Now I have to copy and paste the link, put it in, send it in an email so they can open it up, open up their browser so that they can put it as a bookmark, whatever. How much easier would it be if we could just simply keep track of it and send all of those favored book links, working book links, so to speak, over to your coworker. It's very similar, uh, similar to a platform we had discussed uh, many months ago, actually, called QLeary. QLeary was really a functional tool that I thoroughly enjoyed using, which uh, on my opening of Chrome, it has my favorite, uh, their 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 panels, basically, and under the categories that I put them together on, because each of my clients, I have certain links that I use for them. So once I have that link open, I go over and save it in the panels associated with that client so that when I'm working on that client, I don't have to go through the process of, okay, where's that link? How did I classify it? What bookmark did I keep under it? And then sometimes I don't need to keep them after I may or may not have that client still. And so I don't need to keep them cluttering a bookmark list like, what was that book link for? What was that account used for? Or what have you? Makes it very efficient. Well, this is very similar to that in the sense that you are able to share your tabs um, in a grouping that you can send to somebody else so that they can use it and functionally uh, have value without you having to go through the process of one by one by one transferring that information over. So that is tabsfolders.com. Uh, 
My next tool is one we have reviewed before, but you'll see the purpose of bringing you back into the tools and then techniques section today, and that is cvviz.com. Now, cvviz, as I've mentioned on our first review of this platform, is a completely interesting aggregation of HR-needed tools. It does a variety of things that HR is needing to have done that is beyond just the submission of a resume or posting of a job, as it is the collection, aggregation, filtering, and coordination of your HR process with your applicants to those that need to be interviewed, the staging of the interview, the categorization of these resumes, the ranking of these resumes, the follow-up of these resumes, and also the more functional aspects, the distribution of your job position postings on the literally hundreds of platforms available for people to discover open uh, positions. And we'll, of course, go back to the importance of that very shortly in our technique discussion. So that is cvviz.com. The next tool I want to talk about is new to our discussion. That is RoboMotion. Now, uh, in this um, program of RoboMotion, it has... Um, oh, what's the best way to describe it? I, I, it's, it's, it's one of these things that was, when you get it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Repetitive tasks. Um, oftentimes, we do the same thing the same way because that's the way that it needs to get done. Literally figure, I have to go onto this website. I have to log into that website. I have to go to a particular location on that website. I have to do a particular thing on that website. And then I have to take that download and or whatever it generates or whatever that information is and use it someplace else so i have to save it and then put it someplace and then have it open up somewhere else and put that together well that's a very methodical process that methodical process can now be animated or um, uh, automated in in the way that you can set up a platform like robomotion to do those now what makes this different than other stuff or what has been the stumbling block of a lot of this other stuff is that uh, platforms that need to talk to each other usually require apis to have that connection or you need platforms like zap uh, zapier or pably um or webhooks to go over or uh, uh, IFTTT to go over and create the collaboration of, okay, this software doesn't talk to that software. Software A doesn't talk to software B. So software A, you need this data point as described by this, this data point as described by this. And then on the other platform that you're wanting to use that for, it says, take this data point as described in software A change it to what software B needs to understand and then do this with it. Sometimes that means you have to connect it and put it into a Google Sheet or an Excel Sheet or something first and then that data is identified in the source you've stored that data to be introduced into the new platform. But usually it requires that those software platforms have some API uh, program language that allows access to pull that data out of its operation, put it into a standard definition or a definition that is universally better understood and then used into the definitions of the other software. Robomotion doesn't worry about this. This is about function process. You go and you create a workflow. 
click here. Use this web link. Here, enter this password once it's prompted. And of course, the software of motion recognizes, oh, this is where the password goes and puts it in. Once open, click on this tab. Do this thing. Go to this location. It does that. Click here. Make this happen. Take this. Do this. It really automates the process. What makes that very valuable is for repetitive processes that consume amount of time, doing something like this, that all you have to do is start the process once it's been laid out, that whole time savings of not having to manually do it, but let the, the uh, automation from RoboMotion do that for you, is a huge time savings. So RoboMotion.io is our third tool. And da, 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 there is a fourth tool to our process, which is really, uh, it's about a discussion about HR valued tools. And actually, I'm not going to bring it into I'm going to talk it into technique discussion. Let's put it that way. So, our tools for this week tabsfolder.com, cvviz.com, and robomotion.io. And that brings us to. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. So, our technique this week is recruitment and retention. What does rebranding mean? Now, We've had HR discussions. As a matter of fact, on our live show review today, where we're going to be talking about our main feature of discussion on our live show that we did. Um, but our technique is related to it because of these tools. These were an aggregation of tools that have in their differences a common theme, and that is efficiencies and improvement on yieldability of production. And what do I mean by this? We are faced with uh, in one of the largest re recent times a labor shortage, bandwidth shortage in hospitality. We are well below what's called minimum operational threshold of labor for what we offer. Um, these are in the double digit percentages for many, many people, many, many businesses as to not having sufficient staff to operate the businesses at a base of service that they are, they are charging guests for. Case example, enough housekeepers to clean rooms. We have crises with uh, hotels all the time that have demand in excess of inventory availability simply because they don't have enough housekeeping staff to turn and rotate the cleaning of the hotel rooms, even at the diminished service levels that we're now offering in comparison to what they were before. Um, because there's just not anybody that really wants to work for what we're willing to offer. Now, that goes into threefold discussions as to what that translated. There are those that are aware of what we're offering and don't want it. There are those that had done it before and don't want to do it again. And then there's those that are unaware of what we're even offering because they haven't even known what it is they could apply for. So those are the three basic criteria associated with recruitment. We know in our industry that through the pandemic process, a lot of people, because of our shutdown requirements, the mandates of lack of travel and certain municipalities and business in, in, in areas of the country that just said, close your doors, we're not allowing people to travel or use your product. Those people had to find other incomes. As much as people like to blame free money or whatever for the purposes of this, that we can certainly contribute to it. But in the long run, it was also a change in perspective of what they wanted to do career-wise. Our industry, as we've talked in many shows before, is a merit-based industry. Pay your dues before you can move forward. You can't complain about working holidays in the food and beverage industry because holidays are business days. So complaining about not being able to enjoy Christmas with family is mundane. If you're in the hospitality industry, it's a rite of passage. You need to work through the Christmas, so forth and so on. And then finally, you know, attain the days where you can have your weekends off because you've risen above a certain level of demand on your life that you've attained the status that you can say, no, I'm not working on the weekend. I'll see you next Monday. Like 
quote, regular people. Well, those people have decided that now is better than later, and it wasn't worth what they were being paid for or how the work that they had to do. They lost the vision of their of their enjoyment of doing the industry. And hospitality has always been the catch-all for people's early introduction into labor forces of, of just look back to our ten, teen years in high school or even in middle school or whatever where um, the only jobs we get was being a busboy or uh, a, 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 a grease cook or a, a front, uh, not front desk, but a, a retail, no, cash register in the front, you know, a frontline person at a fast food place, so forth. Sorry, the, the words were eluding me at that moment. Um, but that was the introduction to getting jobs. And then that experience level, because you had it, what made it easier to find another job in the same vein. So eventually you were in hospitality and either you loved doing it or did it because that was where most of your experiences were. You know, like, okay, I'm going to work my way through college. So I'm going to bartend or I'm going to be a waiter or I'm going to be a, a cook or I'm going to be a dishwasher or whatever. It was a way to keep income because you had the experience to qualify for you for the roles. Well, that perspective has changed a lot. Uh, a lot of people don't want to do that. They found other income positions that say, no, we will give you benefits. We're not going to hold them from you. And we will give you benefits that don't require 90 days waiting. And we will give you rewards for merit and growth that uh, hospitality just flat out doesn't do. Our meritous system was if you worked there long enough and was good enough, you got the preferred shifts and or stations if you were a server, uh, bartender, vice versa, what have you, cooks, so forth and so on. Um, you got you know moderate menial increases in, in pay. The review process was arbitrary. And I know I'm being very negative when I say all this, but there's a certain reality of how we operated as an industry. And we're very labor heavy as an industry. We didn't invest in technology and or efficiencies in our operations because we simply we answered it to a manpower scenario. How many people did it take, not how many robots did it take? And a lot of we looked at it from the perspective of how can we give good service if we're automating our systems? Where our service is related to customer experience, guest one-on-one, FaceTime, person in person. Well, with the pandemic and the impact on the labor force, which was already short to what we needed before going into the pandemic cycle, has now been massively exacerbated. And we've had this conversation many times, so I don't want to keep beating this drum. Uh, we are faced with the fact of huge shortages in different departments. So we're asking other people in other departments to carry additional load to beyond what their normal job is with the same caveat. Hey, do it or don't have a job. Back when there was a risk factor of having income, a lot of people say, okay, I'll be quiet. It's an income. A lot of people aren't working right now because of the pandemic. I'll knuckle up and do what I have to do. Well, now is, so to speak, a buyer's market, meaning I can pick and choose my job careers. And other people may have decided I'm going to take the monies that I were being given in support from the government or whatever have you and get education that will help help me change and transition into other careers that are more stable in their growth opportunity and not as whimsical as whether or not I got a good shift this day or uh, a good station this day as a server or, you know, screw that I don't have benefits or anything like this, just as long as I have some sort of income, those days are passe. And that goes even beyond the certain baseline stratas of positions, line level positions is what they're referred to. A lot of people that were very well at, in, in, placed within the industry themselves were also faced with the same merit-based dilemma. Hey, what do you, you know, it's a, it's a rat race out there. You got to be better than everybody else in this office. If you're not, then somebody else is going to get the position 
position you want, and they'll get the benefits with that position that you won't. And so there was this comp- competition that went on. And a lot of people would step back and say, "This is silly. This is no quality of life." And and a lot of people realized that they, at the time they were working for companies that literally said, "Oh, we're a family-oriented company. We'll always take care of you. We believe in taking care of our team." And as soon as finances got rough starting the pandemic, they wholesale furloughed everybody. And so because of that, a lot of people got disillusioned with the company doesn't really care. The company's going to work out for the preservation of the company. They may tell you that they care, but in all actuality, you're a commodity. So for that, people have changed their perspectives. Well, that is the reality for all the drama that I did to describe all of that, that we're now faced with, with current job growth percentage opportunities for your company. So where does our technique come in with this? Uh, our technique of recruitment and retention and rebranding means a lot of these companies are trying to retool what they are to their team members. They realize, the smart ones have realized, that any damage they did in their reputation with their team members has to be repaired by how they now act forward. As the old saying goes, it was the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is now. Okay. It would have been better for you to have done the right thing back 18 months ago, but the next best time to do the next best thing is now. And now is, what is it that your new mode of recruitment and team orientation and retention programs, how do they look right now? How does it go from having an annual review that is biased to literally the short-term memory of the reviewee with an old checkbox system that's probably not even directly applicable to their role. And if it is even close to being applicable, is not it's more stereotypical than it is actually adaptive to the person that is being interviewed. What meritous ways that the review process can hold into account the person's personality, their influence on the uh, their, their team, their, their camaraderie, their supportiveness, that isn't some checkbox diluted buzzword phrase that is either a yes or a no or a maybe or a scale so the idea of how we approach our team members and how we reward our team members and how do we acknowledge our team members and how do we give them incentives to be a part of our team are part of a very real reality to all current hospitality operations we can look at restaurants we can look at hotels Let's look at hotels first. Recruitment and retention. There are literally hundreds of platforms that people can find line level jobs on right now. And everybody that's applying or that's looking for positions to fill is white noise to somebody looking for a position that they want. A lot of the unskilled or line level positions are really about very fundamental factors of proximity to where they live. So they have ease and convenience and cost factors associated with getting to and back from work. What are you offering towards that? Um, if you know, not all places are easy to work for. Are you offering accommodations if they're having to relocate? Are they? Are you offering them some sort of stipends for their their travel back and forth? Are you providing travel services, uniforms, laundry, functional needs of saying if I have to have you in this certain clothing, am I just leaving it to you that you have to buy them and then maintain them, and that if they damage, you have to replace them, and if so, you have to pay for them again? A lot of that now has to be tossed in, at least into the reconsideration phase of. Okay, well, maybe we can provide uniforms and we can provide cleaning services for them. Um, 
The other is is that the insensitivity of these uniforms. So what if they're double knit polyester and you're working in the sun all day in a ten hour shift or eight hour shift or something? And who cares? Because that's that's the role and that's the color that somebody wanted on that uniform and didn't. And all they worried about with the double blasted polyester stuff was that it had the durability, regardless of who wore it, that it would last longer, so they didn't have to pay more money to get a second one. That's a rethink now for a company. Maybe we need to get comfortable somewhat expendable uniforms that we offer and support and give to our staff members so that it reduces the burden upon them both financially and otherwise um, and makes it comfortable that we're attentive to their needs rather than just us deciding what we feel is best for ours. Um, that even goes into our job descriptions. So many job placement descriptions for being presented to all these platforms that are looking to to, to uh, offer jobs um, are very much about this is what I need this is what I want this is what I expect this is what you have to do it's me 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 this is everything we want what are you sharing about what it is that you are offering culture focus education benefits um, all the th meritous service ways of rewards how are you selling what you're offering as a position role in the way that you're presenting the role itself so many companies well we're not going to tell them what we're going to pay because then our competitors will know what we're paying okay but really you're not putting a job posting for your competitors even though they can see it what you're doing is doing a job posting for people to decide whether they're even interested in applying with you and they need to understand what the value of that is so if your competitors know you're paying $14 and they want to offer 15 well it's not always as we've heard over and over in the surveys that are being done for people looking for positions it's not all about just the money it's about the quality of life, the balance of life, the prioritization of them as a team member. What are you offering beyond all of that as a part of your recruitment process? Because it's a complete flip into the retention process at that point. How are you acknowledging good performance? How are you acknowledging that you listen and respond, not just give lip service and, and, and hear, Okay, but that you listen to what's being said to you and that you take that into your influencing decisions for how your team operates, that retention value to that. So these these platforms, these tab folders, CVIZ, RoboMotion, these are all modes to help with things. So how does RoboMotion, automation, and tab folders fit in, that kind of stuff? Because when you burden your team members with, with repetitive process tasks, that now through just simple technology like these tools can speed that up that if a person has to go through a certain process over and over and over and over again, it is a mind-numbing degradation of their value proposition for their position. Yes, there's a certain zen-like being in the flow, repetitive task process, and then there's just mind-numbing repetition. If you can expedite the function of some processes by automation, or by collaboration that allows you to let that efficiency now mean that they have other time for other tasks, it helps you and helps them. First, it helps you by allowing them to have more time to help diversify what they're helping with and their job and their capabilities. It helps them in being creative in not just having to be burdened with repetitive, mind-numbing tasks, but they can keep the diversification. They know that you're investing in their capabilities of doing a better and better job. They feel valued in that collaboration, and they're more willing to do more things because they know you're always going to try to find a more efficient and effective way of doing of letting them do what you're asking them to do. So these tools all help.
So our technique this week, recruitment and retention, what does rebranding mean, is really going to bleed over into our live show coverage of today, which is how to fix hospitality HR, which is next. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So how to fix hospitality HR. I kind of bled that into our technique discussion, and I apologize because it's a carryover. We just finished the live show very much in my mind. Now I'm looking at this and saying, wow, this is exactly what I was thinking about in relationship to why these tools are effective and so forth. We should think about ways that as that HR is a key component to the discussions on every level. We've talked about the convergence many times prior to COVID of the revenue management and marketing divisions as a necessary component. Well, COVID has basically taken that conversation and blew it out the window. That's a mainstay. If you're not aggregating your revenue management and marketing and dare I say sales efforts into a single collaborative entity, you are not making money. You are failing and your competitors are taking money from you. Um, that, that's, a, that, that's a baseline. We need to expand that dialogue obviously into operations because they are the fulfillment of what it is that those three other entities create. We need to bring in accounting to make sure that they validate what the other entities are providing. But most importantly, HR has to be also brought into the dialogue for the clarity of the team members that are used in the facilitation for everybody's needs. They are truly at the wellspring at the head of the river. They're the place that if they have the wrong person, find the wrong person, or do not find the qualified person best suited, Everything that about what they do, how they effective, how effective they are, and the true end result of that success are negated. Plain and simple, HR is at the top of the wellhead when it comes to the each and every program that goes on, but they are not seeing themselves as such. Fundamentally, as we discussed in the live show, HR is a function of the company that uh, that pays the payroll. They are there to mitigate the processes that are in place, do not negatively expose the company into a position of, comp of compromise that would put them in jeopardy for anything. They're there to also enforce the rules and laws and guidelines associated with proper conduct of a company with its employees and the conduct that they're supposed to hold to law. It doesn't really necessarily say that HRR is there to be the vanguard, the advocate of the team member. It, it is fine if they can be helpful with the team members, but if you put the owner that makes the paycheck on the left side of the room and the team member on the right that has an issue with that same said owner, the HR person is not an unbiased moderator. The HR person is on the payroll of the person to the left. And they're the ones that are going to make sure that whatever adjudicates from that conversation, it is to the benefit or security of the company that they are working for. Unbiased arbitration is not HR. So to be clear, HR is to benefit the company. That said, the biggest benefit to the company right now is benefiting the team members. How can you create a rebranding environment of your culture via HR that means that you're bringing in the best talented people, the most qualified for the roles as designated by the departments that need them, to the, the training that's required of them, the moderation of their success, the communication of their engagement, and the rewards of their, their efforts. That HR person needs to know how to distribute the positions that are available on the platforms that are most likely to draw the people that are best qualified for that. They know how they need to know how to go over and then quantify those submissions, qualify who needs to have input into the successful decision as to who should be 
put into those roles that are being sought after, and then follow as an advocate on both sides of the dialogue to the success of the team member that everything that the team member needs from their perspective is warranted for the benefit of the company that needs the service production out of the team member to succeed. Their role has to be something that has never truly been well-balanced this whole time. It has been moderately one-sided, thus to say it that way. So when you are looking at rebranding and looking at these deals like CVIZ, CVIZ, and so forth, you're looking at where do I distribute the job title? But before you begin that, let's discuss the job role. Is it truly identified in a way that sells it to a person that you think would be an optimum team candidate? Are, is it is it invoking their interest because of what you're saying they're, you're asking them for? And don't don't get contrived by saying, well, how much can you put lipstick on a houseman's job role? There's not lipstick to be put on. It's the reality of what they're joining. It's not the job position of whether they can carry 50 pounds for 30 minutes or be on their feet for six to eight hours or push carts or go up down two flights of stairs or whatever the mechanical OSHA requirement is to have for recourse that you don't get sued because you hired somebody that can't go upstairs and now you have to let them go kind of thing. I'm talking about are they joining a team that is welcoming? Are they willing to be learn, willing to learn new skills? Are they wanting to get into because they can be a houseman right now, which is one of the lower qualified levels to get into a hotel? But are they eager for other things? Like maybe they always wanted to work behind a front desk or be more front of the house than back of the house, or maybe they want to get into food and beverage, but there's just no jobs available. But they hope by working at the hotel, should a job open up, they would know first about it and make that opportunity to see if they have the chance to go over and qualify, or at least be willing to change by their job performance. That wow. Lauren does such a great job as a houseman, you know, and he wants to be a server in the restaurant, even though he has no experience, but he's a good guy and we trust him. He's already on our system. And yes, let's qualify what we're looking for the role, but we'd love to put him as a candidate. And that kind of process, HR has to have platforms and tools to use. Some of the things that we're asking people to do that's like, I know you're a sales assistant, but I can't have you sitting behind a desk waiting for sales assistant items to show up. So to qualify the value proposition to our company, we don't have other roles that, that we have other roles that people haven't filled yet, but we need help with them. And since your familiarity with our company exists already from your current role, we're going to ask you to do other things. Don't do it where it's not a compensation. Do it in a way that's rewarding for them, that you listen to their feedback going, well, now that I've been exposed to being a uh, front office assistant, I can tell you that kind of information would be really helpful to sales to know about this compared to that because we don't know that. And so we were doing this when we didn't know that. Those kind of things, listening to that feedback, HR should be involved with. There should be a reward system that says this person really stepped up. We had a tight turn in our banquets. Uh, yes, she's a, a housekeeper, but she got out of the lunchroom and rolled up there and started lugging chairs and rolling tables with us and getting things up. And, you know, she's not in that department, but she considers herself part of one team and she really helped. We should reward her, not wait to the 11 and a half months that uh, next to a review where this is long since forgotten. And maybe at best it's a footnote if anybody even had the time to do that in her employee file. Okay, but to go over and say, well, let's acknowledge this. Let's let's what is what what are our infrastructure systems to acknowledge these things? Well, with front desk, if we're asking the night audit people to go over and pull CRM data out of the arrivals to be given to the the marketing team the next day, which is beyond their normal night auditing duties. 
by doing that, let's give them a tabs folder technique program that they know exactly the links they have to go to. And let's put it on a robo motion so it can just be a one step process that automates and takes care of it so that they're not bleeding out on these repetitive things, that they're feeling productive, but they're not feeling burdened. They don't fall, feel stressed if they get behind a certain timetable because there's efficiencies built into the platforms so that they actually have flexible time for certain things. So that maybe when we do ask them, can you walk the outside the lobby and rock the grounds a little bit keep an eye on stuff as a uh, an additional extra hand on the property at, at off hours that it's not a well what am i going to do that between all this other stuff if you can improve their automation processes so these are the ways you fix hospitality hr these are the ways you fix your rebranding these are the ways you you improve your recruitment and your retentions there's other terms that you can learn on all these processes like rpa user cases which um the these are programmatic terms of how do you actually set up your repetitive processes and so forth and again we'll talk to more about them obviously if you look at these tools you'll see more about them thank you for letting me go in a little bit of a soapbox of all of this but i find it such a critical component to our hr life these days uh, our hospitality life these days that we truly relook and rethink our hr processes so remember you can find us on google play apple itunes iHeartRadio, soundcloud stitcher spotify pandora tuned in podcast the list literally goes on 39 platforms and counting you can even ask amazon's alexa google's assistant and siri just ask to play the hospitality marketing podcast and no matter what one you may use if you like the show please 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 rate us and leave a comment that helps others discover our content and if this is the first time you found our content you're more than welcome to subscribe to it on the platform you found us on or any of the other 38 others that we're floating on remember too that all archives of this uh, show are available on our old archive at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast or on our new ever-present 24 7 playing channel of hospitalitychannel.tv also, don't forget our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, The Live Show. Again, old shows, old um, uh, archive, hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. New archive, constant 24-7 playing, hospitalitychannel.tv. You can also catch us live each week on TV, on your Roku TV, Google TV, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime TV. And for that, just look for Hospitality Channel. My name is Lauren Gray. Thank you for the privilege of your time. And I look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 326 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, All Right Reserve, Copyright 2021. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.